Why don't you sit right back and I, I may tell you a tale, a tale of three little pigs and a big bad wolf. Just round as he pouted, so they called 9-11. Well, 
here and I'm not quite sure what to call that one this week um the cult classics hour or the cult bands hour I'm not sure what is it classics hour it's the cult classics hour and I like how you were you were humming that song I dream of weenie <laughs> I dream of weenie <laughs> <laughs> we're talking little smokies again yeah if you've ever lived in San Antonio and uh, and you've ever had like uh, breakfast tacos that are like scrambled eggs with weenie? Everybody mm-hmm. knows what that is. But if you serve people that in other parts of the country, they're like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> it's a poverty taco. What the hell? <laughs> it tastes like poor. Tastes like poorness. <laughs> Feed that to someone that grew up in San Antonio. You're like, man, this shit's good. <laughs> Did you say it tastes like poorness or it tastes like porn ass? Uh, yes. Okay. Tastes like porn ass. <laughs> Not to be confused with porn-ness. Nope. Okay. But this week, so we played cult classic hours, and I knew I had to toss this first band in. The Southern Death Cult. All right. With their song, Moya. So classic. Oh, Yeah. Second band was Green Jelly with Three Little Pigs. <laughs> Not That's by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Always cracked me up. Yep. And, of course, Butthole Surfers were number three because they're, not only are they a cult classic band, 
with a cult following at that still to this day. But they're all the band's also from Texas, and I think the singer was from San Antonio, right? Originally, yeah. Yeah, so I had to toss them in there. They're a cult band. I mean, they were a cult band, then they got big, then they went to back to being a cult band. Pretty much describes them. And yeah, Gibby Haynes, he went to school here at Trinity University. Very and I believe though. he graduated from there, but then he moved to Austin, and everybody thinks they're an Austin band, but he's originally from town, yeah. Ugh, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Screaming Trees was number four for me, and that was their song, Witness. Last but not least, band I'd never heard of before today, Alice Donut. With their song, Madonna's Bombing Sarajevo. <laughs> That was an interesting song, by the way. <laughs> that it was. I, I, I played a few minutes of it. It was a long one, but I played a few minutes of it, and I was sitting there going, yep, it's going on. <laughs> so, hope you guys enjoyed those. Yeah. I like your mix. It was a pretty interesting mix. And, and yeah, even though we had talked about doing the grunge hour, I told you, wait a minute, we were supposed to do cult classics this week, but you still managed to cram in a bunch of of uh, mainly, not all of it, but mainly a lot of grunge in there. So we're good. I was in a grungy mood today. Yeah, it's okay. I understand. My booty's a little dirty still, so I was in a grungy mood. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So my first track this week, track number six, was the band Nightmares and Wax with their song Black Leather. And uh, I did a little bit of research. I found out this is actually... Dead or Alive, the band, you know, the people that do that song, You Spin Me Right Round and all of that, Lover Come Back to Me and all those songs. Uh, they had a couple of uh, alter ego names, and one of them was Nightmares and Wax. And this was one of their earliest things that they made. And uh, I always thought it was interesting because Pete Burns, the lead singer for uh, Dead or Alive, you know, he was a very eccentric guy, of course. Uh, but I would never guess that that was them. It doesn't sound like their typical, you know, synth pop kind of stuff. It's a little yeah. bit different than that. So they were almost more like a post-punk, uh, like a dancey, like a danceable, uh, like a synth pop band, but a little bit darker than what they ended up becoming later. And, uh, I'll always remember that guy cause he was a, a handsome guy. He had the world literally on an oyster in a plate. Uh, but he, uh, he was never happy with how he looked and he just had so much plastic surgery and there towards the end of his life before he died, he just did not look like a normal person anymore. Yeah. He he pulled quite the stunt on himself, unfortunately. Yeah. It's this idea that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, he kept breaking it and fixing it some more and fixing it some more, but he made things too bad for himself. So that you were saying that, uh, he, uh, I was having one night in Bangkok over and over and over again is what you're saying, right? <laughs> sure. So <laughs> anyway, I just thought that that would be an interesting song to have because he became super influential, but way after his prime. And uh, it's such a tragedy what happened to the guy, to be honest with you. <laughs> but continuing on my list, my second track this week was definitely another cult band, Death in June. Um, Definitely one of the, the 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 darlings of the underground, a band that most people don't even know about. I've always liked Death in June. Some people don't like them because they're 
they started off as kind of an industrial and kind of as a post-punk thing, but as they evolved, they basically be the, the, the Douglas P guy, he kind of created the, the entire genre of what we now call uh, neo-folk. And uh, it's basically trying to make music that sounds very old-timey, like with old types of instruments, uh, but it's all done with a synthesizer. Yep. Yeah, and uh, it's it's pretty interesting stuff. But anyway, this is one of their more danceable tunes, which is a odd thing to say for Death in June because most of it you can't dance to, honestly. Uh, but yeah. this is Death in June with the song The Calling, which was from their album Nada, which I believe is the third album they ever released. Uh, and that was when they were still doing more of, of that kind of industrialish kind of a thing. But as time passed, they, they, they went the, that other route, like I was telling you. Wait, so, uh, are you having me put the calling on our radio show? Why are you having me put that band on there? No, no, no. That's the name I'm, of the song. I'm just messing <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I got you. I wouldn't play anything by the new band, The Calling. Ugh, gross. <laughs> that was gross. Yeah. I oh, think I'd rather play my Britney Spears records and go upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Mean, that's the type of music that I, I like to hide in my closet and jerk off and cry to, but, you know. Oh, oh, I wait, love we're it. not talking about personal stuff on this. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, continuing my third track this uh, evening, uh, track number uh, eight is The Smiths with Last Night I Dreamt That Somebody Loved Me. And uh, we talked about this briefly earlier, but I was explaining that The Smiths were called the most influential band since The Beatles in an early 2000s music industry poll in the NME magazine out of England. Uh, they basically asked a bunch of people, like 500 people in the music biz, who's the most influential band since The Beatles? And the number one uh, pick was always The Smiths. And that's just because they were super influential. You have to remember that when The Smiths were making music, the stuff on the radio was Depeche Mode and Eurasia and Yazoo and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, you had Human League charting and, and bands like that, Adam and the Ants. And along comes this uh, this group of four guys that are actually making guitar-driven rock again. And, uh, and the, the music was incredible. And you had this guy with the whiny, nasally voice singing. And he had these incredible words to say because he was basically a poet. And uh, and that's why the Smiths, to this day, in my opinion, are one of the most classic bands there is. Talk about cult hero material. That's totally what they are. <laughs> Sorry about the background noise, guys. We're at the same time of recording this podcast, we are watching the Chiefs play Tampa Bay. Oh, uh, yeah. Football. Yay. <laughs> Go sports. <laughs> Go sports. Go sports. <laughs> Bong. <laughs> my, uh, my fourth track this week, track number nine, was Ministry with the song Same Old Madness. Yeah. And this is uh, from that first pile of music that, uh, that old Al Jorgensen made uh, that at the time he was very proud of, but later on he felt like it was too poppy and too happy and too synthy and he didn't like it and he he kind of disavowed all his early music but uh that's always been a really cool song to even just to dance to uh and i was i was i always liked it but not a lot of people like it i guess i don't know 
You know, you know what, um, you know what, uh, Al Jorgensen needs to um, denounce and um, stop uh, driving the point of. What's that? That today is not Halloween. <laughs> you love telling people that. <laughs> you get off so much on telling people, hey, it's not Halloween today. I've seen you do it so many times, and they get angry at you. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I fucking love doing that shit. <laughs> they get pissed off, and it's so funny because it's like you're not lying. <laughs> <laughs> most most days of the year aren't Halloween, sorry to say. Nope. Just, Usually it only happens once, but of course, every day is Halloween for Al. So, <laughs> and then finally, my fifth and final track, track number ten for the evening, was the Cure with the song "I'm a Cult Hero," and I pointed out that there was a, a roadie that worked with the band by the name of Frank Bell. And uh, Robert Smith wrote the song, but didn't want to sing it himself. So he had Art Bell sing the song. I'm sorry, Frank Bell, Frank Bell. And uh, that's why no one recognizes this song as being a Cure song. They'll hear it and they'll go, what is this, some ska band? And I'll be like, no, this is the Cure. This is the Cure? No way, this isn't the Cure. I go, it is. It doesn't sound like the Cure. Yeah, because Robert Smith isn't singing, but that's his guitar work. Yep. So, it took it is what it is second when i heard it earlier yeah nobody ever believes it's the cure and i've never gotten to play that song and i thought this is perfect this is, this is uh it's about the subject matter because it's called i'm a cult hero and uh and i'll never get a chance to play this song again so this is my <laughs> <laughs> this is my time to let it shine and uh yep. Uh, interesting track. Like I said, I would never, if, if I didn't know who it was, I would never guess it was the cure because they don't sound anything like that, but that's who it is. It's the cure. It's so, well, yeah. And those are my five tracks, Timmy, uh, back to you. Well, we are running out of time tonight, guys. Cause we, uh, well, both of us chose some moderately long tracks and then I, I was the one that had to choose a long track this week. So we're just about out of time, so we'll wrap it up here. Um, if you're listening to us on Mixcloud, do like, share, and subscribe to our show. Um, also, send us some suggestions. I would love to do a listener-driven show. And I have noted that we are getting more listeners. So to you new people out there, we are open for communication. Um, if you're listening to us on MySnap Radio, uh, do stay tuned because uh, Polly Gruss is coming up next. With Polly uh, Breast, <laughs> Polly Gruss, <laughs> Flapjack Steve, and <laughs> and uh, Count Butter Them Biscuits, Count Weenie and Egg, Count Weenie and Egg. <laughs> <laughs> yup, with uh, Polly Fast, <laughs> Polly Flab, Polly Flap. <laughs> How many flaps does one man need? Multiple. Got to get off somehow. Polyflaps. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, till next week, uh, hasta la pasta and taco bueno. Buenos nachos. Good night. <laughs>